This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Positive Choice Wellness Podcast. My name is Annalise. I'm an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And my name is Melanie. I'm also an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And we have one of our favorite teammates joining us again today, Miss Lizzie Kemp. Welcome back. Hi, great to be here. I'm excited to come again. I think this is my third one with you guys. It's always a pleasure. Is it the third one already? Oh my god! It is, isn't it? Oh god! Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, we did habits. <laughs> we did race walking. Yeah. And today, we're gonna do common fitness questions. Yeah, exercise question and answer because I've got Melanie and Annalise. All three of us are exercise physiologists, so this should be great. It's our wheelhouse. Yeah, we're we're gonna like dig in. You guys are gonna get good answers today, and I think like this is the fun parts because we all teach classes and as simple as some of these questions seem, these are the questions that come up all the time. All the time. Yeah, and so many people aren't exercising because they just don't know where to start. Well, before we before we jump in, just in case our listeners have not met you prior, Lizzie. Because we're talking like they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lizzie works with us here. She is a lifestyle educator, so she is teaching a bunch of classes. Um, she works one-on-one with people. She is an exercise physiologist and nutritionist, so she knows everything there is about exercise. But... Even more interesting, um, Lizzie was in the Olympic trials for race walking, and she holds the junior 100-mile record. Yeah, that was a long way, a long time ago. But yeah, (laughs) the record still stands. It was a fun thing. I love that. That's so cool. All right. So shall we get started? Yeah, let's get rolling. Q&A, Q&A. Let's go. (laughs) Um... Ooh, okay, let's start with kind of a basic one. Um, Weight loss should be the most important goal of fitness, right? Oh gosh, you know, I think that's why, I think that's the number one reason why people start an exercise program. But if you just focus on the weight loss, that is a long-term, you're not gonna see the changes immediately. And if you can focus on the small rewards, the feeling stronger and more powerful, having more energy, sleeping better at night, uh, the social fun aspects of group exercise. Those are the rewards that are gonna get you back into the gym the next day for the consistency of the long-term weight loss. Right, Mel? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and one thing I wanted to add to that really, though, is when folks start exercise for weight loss, um, you know, it's kind of like this, like uh, you, you have to treat, and I say this analogy because like for cars, uh, <laughs> you have to treat your body like a car in a sense, because with your car, you get it for regular maintenance, you feed it gas, you make sure you take care of it, keep it clean, I hope, uh, do the things you need to do to kind of upkeep your car. 
exercise is sort of the same thing for people. It's your regular maintenance mm. like you would do on a car. And without it, it you'll eventually start to kind of break down. So well, it's, And you have to drive your car. Yeah. If you let your car just sit, it starts to If you to don't corrode. get your car some new <laughs> yep, tires. Got to drive it. Got to drive that body. <laughs> so it, it's essentially the same thing where you have to take care of yourself in the same way you would take care of your own car if you happen to own a car or just put anything that you happen to take care of. So it's not about the weight losses. It is about your health and your wellness and your overall well-being. That's what I would have to say about that. True that. You know, I'm older than you gals. So uh, I'm almost 60. So when I look at exercise. She does not look at listener. Nope. <laughs> okay. When I think of exercise, <laughs> sometimes I think, like, what do I need to do today to train for the life I want to live 10 years from now? What, how much do I need to lift today so that I can lift up a growing grandchild? What, how much exercise do I need to do today to have the cardiovascular fitness 10 years from now to hike in Europe and go up a set of stairs? Because if we don't use it, we lose it. Yep. And Lizzie, you just picked on such an important point, I think, which is finding actual reasons that are valuable to you in your everyday life. Yeah. So with, with this question, I had this conversation with my class just last night. When we think about all of these behaviors, healthy behaviors, whether it's exercise or eating healthy, whatever it is, when the goal is to lose weight, ultimately that is going to be a failure of a goal because in reality, for us humans, as much as we might think it's important, the size of our body is not that important on our list. It just isn't. And that's one of the reasons why if the only reason you are eating healthy, making choices around fitness, making choices around your body is to lose weight, that's why people can't stay on programs. Ah, uh, correct. Instead, if they look at it as I'm training so, or I'm exercising so that I can go on a hike with friends and not be out of breath, or I'm training so that I have energy to do my job all day and then play with my kids. Or my energy levels go up, or I have less pain, or it's something I actually enjoy kind of thing. Mm. I love it. And, you know, the weight loss uh, is, is, a, is a big factor for uh, why people exercise. But then there's the other things is you start aging up. You're thinking, okay, yeah, I think when you're younger, it's all about shaping your body and burning the calories. And as an older person or a getting older person, I think more of like the longevity of I want to be able to keep moving when I'm 70, 80, 90. So I don't want to overdo it today. Um, I want to have strong bones and strong muscles so that I can stay independent. Now I have a question, because uh, not to switch topics, but this is a great topic, but I have a question and I want to ask this question. So one of the things that I get a lot of the time in class is can I spot reduce a, sp a place like can I do an exercise is there an exercise that will help re reduce belly fat or is there an exercise that I can reduce arm fat or something like that I get those questions constantly so really can you do that yeah I see a lot of people at the gym doing a hundred crunches 
thinking they're going to get their six pack. Um, unfortunately, we can't spot reduce. It doesn't work like that. And really to tone that midsection, it's a full body exercise program where you're building lean muscles and then a calorie controlled program where you're eating a calorie budget that is going to support that lean body. Absolutely. Like they always say, like abs are made in the kitchen. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. it. Really? I have abs, not heard that. Abs are made in the kitchen. Because you probably already have a six pack. It's just covered. Oh, everyone <laughs> has a six pack. Everyone has a six pack. It's just the way your fat lays across your abdomen. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing with crunches and core though, is we get so many, um, uh, um, clients that come in and they want to strengthen their core for injury prevention or, or that six pack. And they're doing crunches, crunches, crunches. And really the core isn't just underneath your belt. It's wrapped all the way around your torso. It's muscles of the back. And so doing those planks and those rotational moves, that's going to strengthen the core as well. And truly, since we are on the topic of crunches, I really can't think of a less effective exercise, like a less valuable exercise. Oh, I mean, yeah. it is small. It is not functional. And yes, you can get that burn going, but it doesn't do a whole lot for our strength, for our mobility, for our function. And the amount of stress you put on your neck in that process, yeah. too. Yeah. Melanie, you're a swimmer. Yes. I find... When I'm doing a lot of swimming, I feel like I have a strong core. Oh, dolphin kicks are the best. And and tight abs. And when I'm doing less swimming, I feel like the little wine belly's there. <laughs> <laughs> running does that for me. Yes. Yeah, if I am if I am detrained with my running. I do both. Oh my gosh. I feel so special now. <laughs> Are you doing swimming right now, no, though? No, I'm not. Right oh, okay. Now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but you are proficient at both. Thank you. <laughs> I feel proud of myself. Uh, but yeah, I, th that's just a general question that I've, I've gotten many, many times. People want to spot reduce, and unfortunately, your body is going to lose weight where it wants to lose weight based on where you gain weight first, how you gain weight, how you lose weight. It's very personal to you. And we all know, like right. in a body process types. Of, yeah, like we all know in the process of losing weight, where you lose weight first. Everyone has an area they tend to lose from first, and we all know that. So you can't just suddenly change it if it's been that way for years and years and years. Absolutely. Correct. I agree. I agree. So are you gals running these days? I what am, are you doing for fitness? I am doing um, strength training, yoga. A lot of cycling. I got myself an indoor cycle, so I nice. put running on the back burner for a little while. Wow, a lot of cross training. Always. Yeah. How about you, Mel? Like the exact same. Oh, <laughs> you guys are twins. But you are running right now, right? Uh, no, I took a break because it's been really, really hot where I live. Ah. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I, I will not run if it's above 80 degrees. Actually, if it's above 75, I won't run. So no, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And what are you doing these days, Lizzie? Gosh, um, you know, um, I'm kind of uh, doing what you gals are doing in that a lot of cross training, mixing it up. I just find if I do one thing, I have some injuries. So I bike. I do a lot of hiking, 
lot of swimming, and I'm trying to resurrect my race walking. So I'm trying to bring that back a little bit. Fantastic. And strength training, you know, um, that's a a real area of weakness for me. And um, the pandemic killed that for a lot of people. But for strength training, I've brought in a lot of flow vinyasa type yoga that I'm doing daily, thinking that's going to help my upper body strength and just help with the injuries. Absolutely. Well, I have another question. Yes. <laughs> another one. Oh, I get this question a lot in classes where mostly because people, I think, don't know how to define Pilates or what it is or define yoga and what it is. But when we talk about doing like yoga or Pilates or something like that, how, how, would, how does that fit into your workout routine? And I get that question a lot in classes. Where does that fit? What is that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so yoga can be strength work because you're holding body your body weight in different positions. So if it's like a vinyasa, vinyasa, how do I? Vinyasa? I can't say it right now. Vinyasa. Vinyasa or flow (laughs) yoga, where you're moving through it and holding planks and down dogs, that can be strength training. But come on, if you're doing like Zen yoga or- It's um, just an hour of Shavasana, Restorative yoga, it's gonna be like more in the strength category. Stretch category. Stretch. Mm-hmm. Sorry, stretch category. Yeah. And then Pilates. Pilates is a really hard workout. Like, oof, you can feel the burn. But it's a very specific area. It's not really a full body. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I get that question a lot too. And as I am getting older, I'm realizing that my fitness and my body goes in, in seasons. And I think it's okay to use both heavy weight strengthening strength training and also yoga and pilates and you can switch off depending on how your body is feeling um just recently like i've been doing a lot of um weights and it's not heavy but it's you know 10 15 pounds stuff that i have at home um but now i'm kind of craving getting strength from yoga And Mm. I think it's a good break for my body to not add that load, but add more of that flow. And then, you know, I'll get stronger at that. I'll get more proficient at that. And I'll probably go back to, to more weights. And I think like they can, they can fit in the same category and we don't have to do everything all at once. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And the fact that you gals are, have been lifelong exercisers and you've been able to enjoy the exercise and have the consistency because you're changing, evaluating, progressing. Exercise keeps the crazy at bay. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. So, so here we go. Um, I get the question all the time from women. In fact, I had a client this morning um, who said, oh, well, you know, I have my three pound weights and I move them, move my arms around, and it's like a stretching routine. If you could see her right now, it's pretty entertaining. Um, with my three-pound <laughs> weights, and she looks like a wacky, waving, inflatable arm uh, person. <laughs> I just, you know, that's kind of old-fashioned thinking. And, and and she said, "Well, I don't want to get big and bulky, but when we do strength train, we want to be specific about it, and have resistance that's heavy enough." that we actually can see some progress. Um, 
we need that overload principle where we're making it harder. And if you're using your own body weight, you can do a um, decline sit-up. If you're doing a push-up, it can be on a wall, or it can be down on the ground, or it can be a decline push-up. It's, it's important that we keep changing that and challenging the body and um, making sure that the movements that we're doing are really giving us the results that we want. Now, what about folks who decide to put on ankle weights or hold dumbbells while walking because they want to do two birds with one stone? I'm going to get my strength training in while I'm walking. What do you uh, think about yeah. that? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Don't do it, please. The, the problem with doing the weights is it puts a load on the shoulder joint when it's in your hands, and it puts a load on your knee joint when it's down on your ankle. And so it's the swinging through the motion that's loaded and um, it can cause overuse injuries. It would be better if you really want to do some weighted walking, you'd want to use a vest that's weighted. But come on, if you're trying to build your biceps, swinging a two pound weight for an hour while walking is not overload. It's not enough resistance. Mm -hmm. You'd be better off picking up something heavy, like 10, 12 pounds, and doing 12 repetitions. Yeah. I also, I like to point out to people when we talk about ankle weights or weights in the hand when we're walking, is look at where the weight sits on your body. Our wrists and our ankles are the smallest points in our body. So True if that. you start loading up those areas, it's going to throw off your entire movement dynamic. Mm -hmm. And People get injured when loading up and doing, you know, walking or running or hiking because your body is not made to carry weight there, which brings me back to what you said about the weights. You want to add some extra weight to your cardio, put the weight where your body is used to carrying weight. So a backpack of best. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And when you're, if you're trying to make, like, why are you using the weights? Are you trying to make the walking more intense? Or are you trying to strength train? Because if you're trying to make the walking more intense, go faster or do a walk-run program. Or go up a hill. Or go up a hill. If you're trying to build muscle, then you really need to have that overload principle, more resistance, and a focus-controlled um, range of motion of pulling or pushing. So back to the, um, you know, will lifting weights like make me bulky? Um, so no, what's going to determine whether your body gets bulky or not with strength training is your genetics and how much weight you're lifting and how much you're eating True mm -hmm. that. I mean, people that get bulky, their life revolves around that goal. Their, their oh, weight absolutely. training does, their eating does. I mean, they're it's trying not to get just like, I picked up a five pound dumbbell. Oh no, and... I popped my bicep. No, <laughs> yeah. but... it's, it's a lot of work to get that big. It's years and a lot of work. Right. So right. You're, you're not just going to get that accidentally. Not to discourage anybody who does want to get bulky. We're just telling you the reality of it. Right. For a woman. If you want to, it does take time. And especially for a woman to get that kind of bulk, it doesn't come on from lifting dumbbells twice a week. No. No. So we, we don't need to worry about that, but we do want to be strong as well as human beings, but as women. And I think a, a great gauge 
is weigh your purse. You pick your purse up every day, you carry it every day, and if you are working out with less weight than that, then your workout is oh, not making I you strong it. enough. I for... use that reference in my class all the time. <laughs> right, I mean, the point of working out whether it's cardio, whether it's strength training, is to make your life easier. So if every day you're picking up a 10-pound purse and have to carry that purse around, and in your workouts you're picking up a 5-pound dumbbell, you're not doing mm, yourself any service. Life's not getting it easier. Right. <laughs> and you have a very heavy purse. <laughs> you should talk. Ah. <laughs> Melanie, for the viewers, a little uh, thing about Melanie is she is prepared for everything. Yes. So she's amazing to have around because if you need anything, Melanie has it. It's in my purse. Yes. Yeah. She's she's like a, a Boy Scout, but a Girl Scout. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Always prepared. Always prepared. Always prepared. Yeah. Love that. Okay. okay, so I've got a question for Melanie. Um, what weighs more, muscle or fat? I was going to see if you're asked if I had something in my purse. Okay. No. Uh, I was like, There's oh, no fat see. in there, only muscle. <laughs> it's test time. It's just pure muscle in that purse, nothing else. Uh, so what weighs more? Well, it, I guess it depends on what, you're, what, what is the quantity you're asking me about. <laughs> a well, pound uh, is a pound. A well, pound yeah. is a pound. Well, you didn't say a pound. What weighs more muscle uh, or fat? I'm like, well, how much of each are we talking? Yeah, I got it. It's got it. all weight dependent. But if it's a pound, it's a pound. Pound of feathers, pound of bricks, they're still a pound. So yeah, they weigh the same, but muscle is way more dense. So it might feel heavier because it's in a smaller, more compact space versus ah, fat. Ah, the volume. Yes. The volume's different. So if someone has a lot of fat on their body, they have more volume, yes. you know, maybe the, the muffin top or the bigger size. Um, if they're more muscle, they're more compact. They may weigh small. the same amount, but they're more compact. That, mm -hmm. that muscle is more dense. It takes up less volume, less space. Yep. Which means you could theoretically be a smaller size, but way more. Mm-hmm. Which is why weight is kind of arbitrary because it all depends on your composition at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I was reading something last night that said that muscle's more dense and it takes up 22% less space than fat. Hmm. I, I, did not, I did not know there was a calculated yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah. and then how, how do we also compare that fat and muscle to calorie burn? Well, I think that brings us to the next most common question is, how do I speed up my metabolism? Ah, uh, yeah. How do I speed up my metabolism? It's um, not a tea. It's not anything you eat. Oh, it's not green tea? It's not cayenne pepper? <laughs> oh. There's no magic pill? <laughs> Wait, it's the rice, it's the vinegar, the apple cider vinegar. No, right, the two tablespoons in the morning. Yeah. it's gonna get you mm. burning. No, uh, the only thing. Oh, I actually, I got a spam email this week that like made it through to my email, and I was like, "What is this? How did you get in here?" It was, it was a whole thing about how this bread, this miracle bread. Oh, it's perfect for me. I love bread. Yeah, Go I know. On. This miracle bread. And it said it was going to speed up my metabolism by 1,752%. Is it made from magic? Apparently. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well. Which, by the way, we don't need to say it, but... 
that's not possible. It doesn't exist. No. Uh, even in the form of avocado toast? No. E- even if you toast it and put avocado on it. Yeah. So how do we speed up our metabolism? Well, putting more muscle on your body. There's a reason why guys can eat more. Those muscles are burning calories even at rest while you're sleeping, while you're sitting. Um, uh, there was uh, a study. Melanie, the numbers are always kind of weird. I've seen different articles, but the last one I read was out of Yale University. It was like Red Center for Obesity and Food or so, something. That I think that was the title. It was saying that 10 pounds of muscle burns 50 calories in a day and 10 pounds of fat burns 20 calories in a day. And if you think of your total weight, you have many pounds of fat and many pounds of muscle. So if you have a more lean body, you're burning more calories. You have a higher metabolism. I don't know. I don't know those numbers. I've heard different numbers, but I kind of, I kind of sum it up to this. Um, there's so many individual differences per person. That's probably why they can't pinpoint an exact amount of calorie burn per person per set amount of muscle and or fat. So the reality really is muscle burns more than fat. And fat is a very sig- insignificant portion of your calorie burn throughout the day. Whereas it's muscle not is quite very metabolic. Exactly. So there's no exact numbers out there as far as I know, because I've seen them across the board everywhere. I really haven't seen anything specific. It just depends on the people in the study. But the main reality is muscle's going to burn way more calories than fat regardless because your fat numbers are like slightly less than what I've heard, but not by much. So mm. you're pretty much okay. in the same ballpark. Muscle's a little different. I think genetics might play a role into that a little bit. Metabolism in general with your thyroid function, et cetera. And then this becomes the missing piece, like what you pointed out to Lizzie. This is why men burn more calories than women. It's why as we age, our metabolism slows mm. down. We are losing muscle mass around the middle of your 30s somewhere. They don't know exact numbers, but like in your 30s at some point, mid 30s, uh, you start to decrease in your muscle mass about three to five percent every decade. So about every 10 years, you're losing three to five percent muscle. Right. So, yeah, my big question is, what are you doing today to stay strong? Right. And I mean, that's the thing. How do you build muscle mass? Strength training. Mm hmm. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not swimming. It's not running. It's not hiking. It's not hiking. It's not riding a bike. It is. It's not, it's not the repetitive cardiovascular. It is what we were talking about earlier that adding load, being very conscious about it and constantly working that overload principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, what if you don't have much time and you want to manage your weight? Should you do cardio? Should you do resistance training? So what I'm hearing is that when you're doing cardio, you're burning more calories for that activity for that same amount of time. You know, 30 minutes of cardio, 30 minutes of resistance training, you're going to burn more calories in that 30 minutes of cardio. But when you're looking at long-term over time, it's the strength training that's putting on the muscle mass, that's raising your metabolism while you sit, while you sleep, while you age. Right. And if you get injured or something comes up in life and you don't hit your cardio that day, you're not getting that calorie burn. But it will take a good month 
of inactivity to start seeing a decrease in your muscle mass. Mm -hmm. So it's a good insurance policy, I think, for life as well, for weight maintenance. Mm. Correct. And I, I recently did a talk where I had to look up a couple of studies for this, but one was showing just the the you know burning effect of your metabolism post-strength training. Because when you're sore, that is your body healing. And when you heal, you're elevating your metabolism. So what people like to look at as far as numbers, like cardio, for example, let's say you did 30 minutes of like a moderate intensity walk. The average person might burn anywhere from 150 to 200 calories in that 30 minutes. Generally speaking, it's, there's no pinpointed number there, but generally strength training, you might, you might burn a hundred calories for a consistent 30 minute routine, maybe, and that's it. And so when people look at the numbers like that, they go, well, clearly we know the winner here. We're going to do cardio that burns the most calories. Mm, but what it. they don't think about is after cardio is done, you might get an extra few minutes of, you know, epoch expert afterburn, yeah, yeah. afterburn, like you might get a little bit of that. But with strength training, your metabolism is now shooting up and it's staying up. And then you consistently burn that amount for the next three days. Correct. I had no idea. I've yeah. 48 hours. It's, it's about 72 yeah. hours. It tapers off. It kind of is a bell curve. So the peak is about the day after you do it. And it kind of peaks down towards the end there. But yeah, you have an elevated metabolism. Oops, for three days. <laughs> I got it's, excited. I'm talking with my hands. So <laughs> you guys can't see this, but it scared me. <laughs> So, so, so Melanie said epoch, which is excess post ox exercise oxygen. E exercise post oxygen consumption. consumption. Consumption, yeah. And what that means is, is when you stop exercising, your calorie burn doesn't drop down to your resting metabolic rate. You continue to burn at a higher level, and it can take 20... 24 to 72 hours to return to baseline. It's like five, like the, there's just like a log burning that's yep. raising that metabolism. Yeah, I love it. So we should talk about um, muscle soreness. Um, no pain, no gain. Yeah, the no pain, no gain, because um, with strength training, you will get some muscle soreness. You're if you do some leg work, you'll get I mean, like that, should that, be your goal. that quad, <laughs> right. That, that quad, like kind of a Charlie horse feeling and that's, um, delayed onset muscle soreness and that peaks 48 hours, 24 to 48. 24 it actually 48 depends 48 on how in post. shape you are. If you're more in shape, you get sore faster. If you're not as in shape, it might take a little longer, you know, and also depends again, individual differences. That's the theme today, apparently. Right. Yeah. The time after is more. Uh, age and genetics yeah and yeah. that change that change yeah. that can change over time too right i find i don't recover as quickly i have found when i was younger i would get sore the next day and then be done with it um, almost consistently and in the past couple of years i now i don't get sore the next day i get right. sore on day two and then it's done and i'm like that is so like I feel nothing the next day, and then forty-eight hours later, you I'm like, feel oh, it a what little did later. I do? Yeah. Correct, <laughs> correct. Yeah. So, um, if you're sore, should you, and you have that um, delayed onset muscle soreness, should you exercise on top of that? Yes. Well, yeah, I would say it depends on the type of exercise you're going to do. Depends on if you're sore and you did squats. Don't do squats the next day. You're sore. Mm. Take a break. 
I but see. you can do cardio, you can do stretching, you can do a lot of other things, but I wouldn't do the same thing you did that got you sore in the first place, strength training wise. Yeah, so that might be a day to do your yoga or... Or upper body if you did legs mm -hmm. or something, whatever you chose to do. If it's a full body, then mm -hmm. do another exercise. Right. So what if you want to lift weights back to back? You know, the we, we kind of rolled forward and we didn't really talk about the ACSM guidelines for strength training, and then we'll do cardio, is two days a week. Um, and if you want to lift more, how do you change that up? Do you push one, do you do pushing exercises one day, pulling exercises the other, alternating body parts? I, th I think that is a whole detailed conversation that <laughs> you can't do in the next two minutes. And we actually do have an episode on that. Um, yeah, if you guys yeah. want to listen to that. Um, but I, I kind of want to go back to the, the soreness thing because it actually touches on a, a myth that everybody thinks is like, well, if I stretch, I won't be sore. Hi, or if I'm sore, someone the other day. I should stretch. And the stretching has nothing to do with the soreness. Nope. Um, when it actually comes to studies, the only thing that they have shown to scientifically reduce soreness is low intensity short bouts of cardio. So it oxygenates, right? Oxygenates so if the muscle. You did a really hard workout. You know that the soreness is coming. If later that day you go out for a really easy 10 minute walk, that's going to reduce yep. your blood soreness. flow, oxygen, mm -hmm. cleansing, flushing that area. Get, getting blood flow and oxygen to the tissue because it's damaged, it's healing. Yep. And so getting that blood flow, it'll help your recovery. It will help with the soreness. Yeah. Love it. Love also, it. Okay. It's about that time though. It's about that time. Okay. How, did, how did a half an hour go? I know. How did a half, <laughs> half an hour go so quick? Well, you know what? We should probably go over the ACSM guidelines for cardio and then give some resources on our positivechoice.org website for how to strength train. So ACSM guidelines are, that's the recommendation. People ask, well, how much should I be exercising? Of course, everybody's body's different. If you're, you know, j just begin. 10, 10 minutes can be, um, two or three um, bouts of 10 minutes can add up to that 30 minutes of exercise. But the, the guidelines are 30 minutes of moderate exercise, three days a week. I'm sorry, 30 minutes of moderate exercise five days a week or 20 minutes of vigorous exercise three days a week. And moderate versus vigorous, how do I know if I'm being moderate or vigorous? It's the talk test, right? If you are out of breath and you can't sing a note, you're vigorous. If your body's saying, I want to slow down, you're vigorous. It's more moderate if you can carry on a little bit of a conversation, maybe sing along with your radio a little bit. Well, thank you so much, Lizzie. That is so much good information today. And I think we hit on some really good questions. Mm -hmm. And you know, if they have more questions on strength training and they're motivated and excited to get started, they should go to our positivechoice.org website 
and look at our exercise videos. We have five minute videos, 10 minute videos on how to strength train. All the way up to 45. We also have personal, we have trainers here, exercise physiologists that can get you started. They're all sitting in the room. Just, (laughs) so just get up, move more and get strong so you can live the life you want to live. Oh, I love that. Love it. And if we did not answer a question that you have, feel free to put it in the comment section and we'll touch on it in a future episode. But until then, make sure that you like, subscribe, share, and join us online at positivechoice.org. Until next time, everybody. Bye. Thanks. So fun.